Welcome to Open Mind Industries Podcast, The Mind Unleashed. Sit back, relax, and unleash your mind. I like the picture. That's That's super cute. Yeah, it's cool because like... They just brought him over, you know, like, because he was, he's been in Paris check, for check, a long check. time. All right. This wasn't his official debut, but it was one of the first times he'd come out, you know. Mm-hmm. And apparently, they're thinking of uh, bringing him and his girlfriend, I can't remember her name, but you know, the one who's got a green dress. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they yeah, were yeah, thinking, yeah, apparently we have her, but she hasn't made her appearance yet. Her appearance has so happened, okay. There's a rumor that at some point soon we're going to see both of them together, which I'm like, Magic Kingdom, please, come please. on. Come on, out. come on, come on, you have to. Like, Town Square, we can put Tinkerbell somewhere else. Let's put them in there. <laughs> you guys now that Nikki doesn't talk, I feel like, oh, are we starting? Okay. Yeah, we're just, right, we're yeah. just laughing, guys. What you guys just logged into, we're over here at Nickelodeon Studios in Orlando. Uh, this place is amazing. So pretty much a move with Dakota Bolt. Been trying to get him on for a while. The audio sounds kind of weird. Using the big boys. Got a lot of background. I'm going to edit all that out. Hopefully it sounds good. Um, but I want to say what up, Dakota. How are you? Welcome to the podcast. Hi, welcome. Welcome, welcome. Dana Huss, for those who haven't known, this is the lady of my life, I guess. Lady behind, you know, the weirdness. (laughs) But we're going to geek out about some turtles, some Nickelodeon as we're here. Uh, Venom and just doing shows. So sit back, relax, and try to close your ears because it's a bit loud. (laughs) So, Dakota, what got you into geekdom, man? What's that? What got you into geekdom? Um, you know, just a variety of stuff. I mean... Um, I've always really liked uh, animation, video games, you know. What was your earliest animation? Earliest animation. Honestly, old Disney movies. Um, really? Yeah, thinking back, you know, it was movies like, um, when I was younger, movies like Mulan, Lion King. Um, kind of like classic Disney film kind of thing? Yeah, and it's funny because, you know, like, I started with the, the 90s films were kind of like what I grew up on, and then as time went on, I started watching the more, you know, older movies like Robin Hood, yeah. which is not one of my favorites. That's crazy. Like, it was like, what animated series, like, was it X-Men? I'm like, yeah, what really got you into more, like, of the, I know you were really big into Turtles, guys, we're going to go deep into that, you know, what did, like, into Turtles that got you really into the, you know, Vulture for Geekdom or Gargoyles or what was, uh, that's a good what question. was, like, your defining cartoon? My defining cartoon, that's a very good question. Um... Well, I mean, I did like a lot of the old Disney afternoon stuff, because, like, when I was growing up, it was back when Toon Disney was still a thing, mm. and so, like, we had um, DuckTales, Sharking ah, Duck, yes. um, Gargoyles, you know, it was, I think it was, like, back then it was, like, 9 o'clock, I think, every yeah. night they would play Gargoyles, and uh, so, yeah, just older Disney stuff. I even remember, like, I don't know if you remember Timon and Pumbaa, yes. um, the Little Mermaid TV series, yeah. um, God, what else Wonkers. Yeah. Remember all Something that? Something like that, you know. That's yeah. pretty much Toon Disney is what I kind of grew up on, you know. It's kind of your like, Disney kind of mentality. Like, being here next Nick, Nick, Nickelodeon City, guys, like, how do you feel, like, now being able to sit here and not being Nickelodeon anymore, guys, but now it's, you know, Blue Man Group? It is sad, because, um, you know, this building, it's funny because this building was one of the most uh, photographed icons. In the night. In our childhood. Yeah, you know, and it, we saw it at the end of every bumper for every Nickelodeon show that yeah. was filmed here. Um, and, you know, at one point, the gate over there was like one of the most photographed entryways yeah. ever. It was 
the centerpiece where the logo was right there. And now it's literally the back of Hard Rock. It's yeah, it was on land, yeah. So that was where they did all the, you know, the production store and stuff like that the studios. And, like, I got a ride back there. But now they have, like, literally next to nothing inside the studio anymore. Like, yeah. not even any kind of posters or anything like that. Kind of got to blow. Yeah, that's really surprising, too, because, you know, like, um, I know Universal is a studio. They're really proud of what they produce and a lot of times like you'll see like over at the front of the park they actually have placards with some of the stuff they filmed here and they still do have the, the black backstage they have like placards that will say what productions are done but I'm kind of surprised that they don't do more to embrace Nickelodeon yeah it's kind know? of like when they you look deep into it and there's plenty of yesteryear and stuff like that on YouTube there's a lot that I like last night I digged in and I found at Universal Studios here and Orlando had a freaking transport that they had for like not even like a year. I had no idea about that either, yeah. I mean, I heard about it, and then like a friend of my friends of mine that like worked for Ghostbusters was like, no, we did, and then one of our guys that we work with here on property is a huge Legends fan. Legends Hidden Temple, for those who don't know, one of my favorite shows too. Dana also. <laughs> talk about it, go ahead. Yep. That was one of my favorite Saturday morning things. You get up, you have breakfast, you're like, ah, do I want a cartoon or do I want the Legend Temple? Then you're like, okay, cartoons will repeat. Legend Temple, it's once every Saturday, turn it on, you don't even know who it is on the team, you choose one of your favorite colors, and you just cheer for them, and it's just so cool. Now, Terry stays it's like, you're lucky if you get to see it on repeat on Netflix or something. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I mean, it's like hard now, because you don't even get to like see any of these shows, and one of our actor friends that we work daily with, with that knows the people, few people that work on the show, and we're Temple Guards, and I'm like, hey, what? He was like, oh yeah, he like starts pulling up all the past and videos, like, it was a mess, guys. Nickelodeon suits looked look good on the outside. On the inside, I heard it was a gigantic mess. Like, legitimately mess. How do we feel, like, now that we know that, as geeks, nerds, like, oh, it was so beautiful on the outside, but the inside, like, does it hurt you kind of inside? Because me, it's like, it doesn't really kill my spirit, but at the same time, I'm like, I would still do it, no matter less, you know? Yeah, I mean, I look at it really from, like, a production standpoint, because a lot of times with shows and stuff, there is a lot. It is messy, you know, and there, things aren't always as picture perfect in person, right? But there's still you still kind of have that realism to it, you know. It's like you're here, you're there. Um, I remember back when um, Slime Time was God, uh, filming here. I actually came to the studio when Slime Time was filming. I was an off day, you know, so the set was there. It was active, but we weren't actually they were filming. Um, but it was funny because I was surprised at how small the set is. So like watching Slime Time live, you think, oh, it's this giant atrium with these screens and these two bleachers and it's actually really small yeah. like each uh, bleacher was like the size of an average not even ballpark bleacher. yeah kind of like MPV when I went over to yeah. like it's so tiny the little room and they make it look so big with all the cameras so using wide angle lenses so it's like no one will ever notice unless you kind of get like sucked into that yeah. it's like kind of weird like oh now we know how the you know like sausage is made we're like oh we still love it I mean Dana was lucky guys she actually got to go she lived right next to the Power Rangers lot where they shot well, not the, not the law, but it was the outside scene, which is California, in the city of Cascade, California, the lake. So when you see the gray, purpley, bluish, I don't know what the color was, the rubbery guys that came alive when they fought them in that dirt, buddies. that was less than five minutes from my house. That <laughs> yeah, was literally something cool. Yeah, they're called the buddies. <laughs> yeah, there we go. That's what it was, buddies. But um, sometimes the, when they did outside scenes from like the school, school was in a studio. But if they wanted to do something outside of, like a baseball, there was a baseball field outside. So sometimes they used the dunes, sometimes they used the baseball field. Uh, the one day I went to go and watch, because it was always welcome, as long as you were not in the shot, you can just stand on the outside and they would always mark it. 
um, being filmed, like on Crossline, and the actors would come up and see you. Uh, the one day we went was when the the two, I want to call them Dweedledee and Dweedledum, but tall, skinny guy and a big fat guy. There you go. And my friend was so excited to meet them, I got nervous. And I was like, you can go say hi to them. But it was just like that cool thing that you have that from your childhood. That was in my backyard. I was raised with the original Power Ranger. And I was a pink Power Ranger for my first Halloween in kindergarten, so... That's I gotta tell you, man, that Power Rangers crave, you can never beat that shit ever, no. guys. My God. Like, I was, I think, in, like, fourth or fifth grade, the whole goddamn cafeteria was filled with nothing but Power Rangers. And I was one-eyed Willie from the fucking Goonies. <laughs> yeah. Oh, jeez. Oh, there's the water. <laughs> and it's a tsunami, guys, on the podcast the first time! <laughs> Like I said, the audio sounds weird. I do apologize, but we're having fun here. This is—we were trying to find a cool place where we were doing the podcast. We're like, where the hell are we gonna do it? So we decided like somewhere where there's not gonna be a lot of noise and stuff like that. The water, the water actually for people who did for people who don't live in Florida, this is why they had two sets for Slime Time Live, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I know this is why weird. the park does close down at times because it's for your safety. Pretty much, if you guys if you guys go like on the stack section, if you ever get a studio tour, you take it back to a lot of the sound pages that are being used. Um, you know, it's kind of cool that we get to work, go back there and check a lot of it out. Um, but that's where like a lot of those shit got filmed. They would drive up the turkey. Turkey Throat Road, Turkey Throat Road, and they would go back to Turkey Throat Road, and they would drive in there, and there would be Mark Summers doing his thing. That's what they called it, apparently. Yeah, it's Turkey Lake or something. Uh, they put the, it's a joke. Woo! It's a joke. Um, <laughs> say over there. What was that? The rain? I just got whipped with rain. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I was like, say over there. We got whipped with a mess of it. Yeah. So, no, they were Mark Summers was coming in, and they did like a, a shot, like going down like gate. Can't, no one can't say the gate. Can't say the gate. Uh, a certain gate to get on the property. They shot it to going down to the parking lot where the sound pages are. And as he was driving in, they're filming it, and they're like, "Oh, he's like, oh, you got caught on Turkey Throat Road because they couldn't say Turkey Lake Road." Okay, okay. So Turkey, Turkey Lake Road. You'll know what we're talking about when you come here to Florida. You'll, you'll see it. It's not a hard road to find. It's a, one of the late uh, back roads to. One of the hotels. Yeah, so if you go there, yeah, then you can't miss it. It's not hard I, to find. I was, uh, going back to your previous question, I just remembered. I can't believe I forgot to mention. Um, so even though I was like mainly Disney, you know, growing up and stuff, there were two other. There were two things I liked um, in the Cartoon Network spectrum of things, and that reminded me of that. Um, so I like SWAT Cats, of course. It's an old Hanna Barbera show, and I also really like Space Ghost Coast to Coast. Which um, I don't know, remember that very much, but I remember the name. Remember it? It was like the original Adult Swim, <coughs> like it was back on Cartoon Network. Okay, okay. But it was like the very first like Adult Swim program, you know? Yeah, yeah. It was, okay. Like treading that territory. I tried getting into Adult Swim, but I, I didn't know what I liked or I didn't like. It. Yeah. Well, what was cool about Space Ghost was that it never was really intended. Like it was intended for adults, but it was for a general audience. So like you know, it, the humor was more adult oriented. Yeah. But it wasn't near nowhere near as what they can get away with on adult. Gotcha. I mean, like, like today, like you watching the old Nicktoon shows. Me and Mike Fernesco, who did our who did our company logo and our multimedia guy, we're going over a couple of the old shows and we're like, "Rock with Modern Life." The other day, I'm watching because it's on his Flex account, and I'm like, and Hey Arnold was on there. I'm like, God, they got away with hey so much. much. I love hey Arnold. So much, yeah, hey so Arnold. So much of like. And Doug. Doug, you know, I actually didn't really like. I watched Doug's first movie, but I didn't actually see Doug in the TV show. No. No. What about Recess? I love Recess. Okay, okay. Recess, loved it. Yep. <laughs> Recess, I remember the movie Recess, too. Um, I remember that, Do you remember too. the Weekenders? 
That was a more much. obscure one. Not so much as the Weekenders. Weekenders, Lloyd in Space, another one. Yeah. And, um, what was the other one? Lloyd in Space, Weekenders, Timo Supremo, it didn't last long. Yeah, that was very short. Yeah, it lasted like, what, one season, I think? Uh, yeah, it sounds They showed it in reruns forever, though. Like, it was on Toon Disney just popping around. Yeah. Two Disney people, and I'm the one that's like, what show are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> They're like, what? That, that, that doesn't exist. But, what are you um, talking about? What's really cool is, so, I grew up, um, I, I grew up between Florida and Georgia. Basically, I would switch between the two. And, um, so, Atlanta is where I spent a lot of my time growing up. Yeah. And so, over in Atlanta, we have uh, William Street uh, Productions Animation, which is like Adult Twins headquarters. And it's also Cartoon Network's headquarters, too, around that area. What's really awesome, though, is that uh, the building they used in Space Goes Coast to Coast for the reference, for the logos, it was actually the building of William Street. So, like, the show, for people who haven't seen the show, basically it's a talk show starring Space Ghost and Zorak, two characters from Space Ghost, the kind of barbarian show. And, um... They actually would make a lot of meta references to the fact that it's being taped in Atlanta, and you know it's really cool because like Ghost Planet Industries was literally William Street Animation that was this big building where yeah. I see I'd, we'd drive by it. It was just so cool. It was kind of surreal because that was like my first experience being close to something you know film related. You know what I mean? Yeah. I guess like growing up in New York, I'd see a lot of things like the news yeah. stuff like that done until I went out to like the New York City and stuff like that to see actual. Like, I worked on a real film crew, so I like, able to get to see how the news was shot. That was like my first experience. Being able to come out of like a live set, that didn't happen until I moved here. You know, I was like, I walked in literally, guys, on a production one day by accident with a cup of coffee. I'm like, what? I'm like, well, what? 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 You? I'm like, what? What did I do? Shit. I didn't see the hot set sign. I saw nothing. There was nobody there to say, don't go in there. They were shooting a car commercial. And they're like, cut. No, you were good. You were fine. Do it again. I'm like, do what again? Walk in again. I'm Oh, wow. So I spent a couple of few minutes redoing that walk and actually used me in a car commercial. <laughs> and I'm like, I did not know this. Wow, <laughs> I, I'm sorry. Because Universal is like really weird because like, they did a live film studio's film. You just don't know when they're shooting. You really, you know, they don't shoot much here anymore. Like like I said, that uh, yesteryear I watched yesterday kind of explained why they got rid of that transport because they had to drive, they started from here, drove and drove here, and then drove out went through here and then they went right back through and then parked here again it was like alright cool <laughs> yeah like you have to watch it like I sent it over to Code I think you did you watch it what the yesteryear yeah. oh yeah I did yes so you kind of went over there but yeah. Really, yeah it was really weird on how they did it and like it's like the guests are walking the same route so why give them a theater so that's why kind of and they were able to run guests over too so they had to stop and slow down to a crawl yeah and I feel like that's the major well, they were they brought that point up in the video too. Is that's one of the major reasons why our studio tour failed here is because at Disney for the longest time, their studio tour went through areas you couldn't access. No. And so ours was pretty much a glorified tram ride. It seemed like pretty much park. You know? Yeah. If you had a good tour guide, you could pretty much do it yourself. You know? Yeah. Here, yeah. it's hard to get back to a certain sound stages, which you're not allowed to go into. We're allowed to because we work. Two of us still work here. Uh, we're not allowed to go into them if their doors are open because they're shooting production. Really so they have somebody, <laughs> somebody's in there. I mean, one day they were shooting commercial and the guy was like sitting out having coffee and they're like, "Quiet!" I'm like, "Do I burp? Do I not walk?" <laughs> and I, I stopped. And I saw a red light blinking. I'm like, "Can I make noise? Can I keep walking?" And all of a sudden the roller coaster goes by. Ah! And I'm like, "I guess I can yell." Okay, I started walking again. They met quiet near the building. They didn't care about the roller coaster because it's right next. Yeah, no. those doors are closed. They have sound resistance in it. 
totally dinker. We're like, we're good, we're good. So, um, I remember back when, so back when I was here at Universal, um, they were filming Sharknado 3. Oh, God. And it was so funny, we can talk about this now, okay. because they had, they made no efforts to hide it. In fact, you can actually see the board that says Sharknado actually has the logo for it. Um, they called it Vortex 3. And, like, they tried to act like, you know, it was a production code, production title. Literally every single person knew it was Sharknado. <laughs> Everybody was like, where's Tara Reid? It's like... <laughs> Yeah. I'm not a Sharknado person, so the only I, thing I know about it is by seeing the plaque. I'm like, oh, I, I have friends that are into it, you know. Um, it's really. Well, I think it's the one thing. I, that, I well, I did think I did think it was pretty cool that they were filming an active movie here. You know, yeah. something that would get a lot of attention. Oh, they do it all the time. They, yeah, they you, do you wouldn't even notice. Yeah, yeah they, they should hear all. The, they cover so much stuff up, not with CG, with just that dressing. You would yeah. never know. Oh yeah. I mean, they're like, oh, we don't shoot at Universal, but the next thing you know, there's like a private little crew of Human Five shooting a little commercial and you're done within 10, 20 minutes. Yeah, there was one uh, over um, where the Blue Man grew, or not the Blue Man grew, I'm oh, sorry, the Blues Brothers, uh, off of that side street for Mummy, and they weren't even on the area, they were on a staircase, Yeah. and they added trees and flowers, I was like, we don't have that here, okay, no. and I didn't even realize that was what they were filming until I turned the corner and all of this gear grip, trucks of audio grip. Trunks of uh, props and stuff, and I was like, "Okay, can I cross into my work area? Like, can I go through this?" And they're like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. just don't go into that street." And I was like, "I'm staying away from that street, and I took a long way underwater." Yeah. I mean, so, I actually got there. Oh, oh I was, uh, the, so that reminded me. Um, the, I can't remember which one it was, but there's a movie. So the Bring It On films, you know? Yeah. yeah they filmed one here. Yeah, yeah, so, the Dueling Dragons. And it's so yes, it's so funny. So if you are a theme park fan, or if you've ever been to Universal at all, before um, like it doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. So they when they were filming a lot of the interior scenes, like I recommend watching the movie if you've been to Universal or if you're a Universal fan, because a lot of the stuff is really disjointed and funny because it's stuff you can't do in the park regularly. Yeah. Like, uh, they are practicing at one point on a lawn that's over by the Central Park area you can't even get to. Like, yeah. it's restricted. Um, but what's really funny is, like, um, the building itself. Like, at one point, uh, two of the characters are, like, passing Terminator, you know? Yeah. Like, they're chasing each other. And then not even a second later, they're by Twister at the time. Which is so funny, because it's just like, wow, that was quite a sprint they just made there. Yeah, good. <laughs> The geography of the park was like lopsided. Yeah, it's exact. It twisted into itself. They're like, we'll make it work. And, you're, yep. and those who know the park, you're like, that's not even possible to yeah. make it that, that quick Stop time. That, yeah. yeah, it reminds me of the old uh, Muppets uh, Disney World special where they came to Walt Disney World and they outran security. And so basically, Miss Piggy was at Epcot's entrance, and two minutes later, she was at Star Tours. And it's like, how did she get over there? <laughs> it's movie magic. Yeah, exactly. that's all it has. That's the only way it can be. I'm going to get deep into Turtle Talk because how Dakota actually got to meet with uh, Rob Paulson and a few others. He's been huge in the TMNT, the animated series. I kind of wanted to get deep into that for those who are like, holy hell. But when I first met Dakota, um, he came over to T2 where I was still working. And man, like, I didn't know he was that big of a nerd geek. <laughs> Let's say geek because we're all, you know, nerd on the, the geek, whole. Yeah. 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 Geek is much better. Geek is a little more... You know, neutral. I think. Yeah, because you like everything. Yeah, yeah. But I wanted to get deep into that because he was like, "Have you seen this episode of Turtles?" And then I found out he liked crocodiles and Leatherfin, and I'm like, "Tell me more." And then we started going into more. Like he actually got to go to a Nick. Well, they actually do the animation, do it. Like, what got you into that? Like, 
Okay, so that's kind of a long story. Um, we got time. Basically, <laughs> so I started. I, it's funny because I actually a lot of people were like fans of TMNT for a long time. You know, since the eighties. Um, I know a lot of people really liked the two thousand three show they did. Um, I actually was not that big of a fan. Like, I didn't dislike them. I just hadn't really gotten into it. You know, yeah. I had no exposure to it. You know, I just kind of passively knew of it. Um, so I ended up watching the Nickelodeon series. And uh, the very first episode I watched of the series um, was episode 12 of season one. And it was the episode that introduced a character named Leatherhead, which yeah. I really like the character. Um, he's, such, he's just such a cool character, you know? He's got a really nice backstory. Um, he basically, he is an ally. So he's, long time he's been an ally to the Turtles. Um, in the 80s show, he was best known as a villain. Um, they wrote him into a different character back then, you know, he was Cajun, he was like a, uh, I think he was an alligator at that point that got turned into a movie, it was like an anthropomorphic alligator yeah. man. Um, so the Nick series kind of took half of that approach. They went more with his Mirage uh, origin, which he used to kind of be more of a neutral character, you know, he, he kind of, he had his own agenda, basically. Yeah. He wasn't really a friend or a foe, he just had his own issues he was trying to deal with. In the Nick show, he's their friend. Um, he, you know, he sacrificed a lot for them, um, and, uh, so basically, long story short, I just liked the character, and, uh, through a series of events, I ended up, uh, started talking to the voice actor that voices him, as well as the production crew. Yeah. It was really just, it's kind of funny, I honestly can't remember how a lot of that came to be, just, it was just beyond line. Yeah, it's like, how the hell are you talking to all these people, and, yeah. you know, the production people, and you're well, like... it kind of evolved, because, like, it went from just talking to people online, you know, to, like, actually talking more online, and, you know, going from just, like, saying hi on a post to, like, actually messaging, and, you know, getting in talks, and eventually, um, I went out to go visit some of my friends in, uh, Burbank. And when they were doing production on the show, and so I got to go see the studio. It was pretty cool. Um, I'd never been to Nickelodeon at that point. So yeah. fun fact: um, uh, TMNT. So Nickelodeon nowadays they have a brand new studio. Um, I think it was last year or the year before they opened it. But um, so now they film everything in one studio, and they do their animation there too. You know, the stuff that's not outdoors. You know. Yeah. Um, back then, however, every uh, show had its own department. And so Turtles was actually in a building that was not in the main animation studio building. It was off somewhere else in Burbank. And, you know, basically, I can't even remember where. It was just, it was, you yeah, know, at you the said time you, it was secret. You went you know? there, you were like, you would never, you it would was, never know. Yeah, it was totally disguised. The building was disguised. It was, um, but it was cool because, you know, once you get to the area that's not disguised, it was Nick. You know, it had the big logo you'd see in a lot of the stuff, the big wooden placard, this is Nickelodeon and things like that. Yeah. But, uh, so Turtles ended up sharing a space, um, with, I think, Nick Online, I think they had their space with. I don't remember. It was really interesting, but, um, yeah, it was cool. So, basically, they had their animation crew there, um, they did their pitch meetings there. Um, it was really fun to look at, very really fun to see, um, just how the process was made. I really thought it was cool how close they are. Like, it's not like a lot of studios where you think, oh, there's a department for this, department for that. Everything was just in one place, which was really cool. You know, like, if you need to talk to somebody in the art department and you were a writer, you could literally just go over and talk to them. Not cool. like you had a call across the country. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and an cool. email. I mean, it, it still happens that way in a lot of, like, studios, but that's, like, crazy, like, how it's collaborative, that collaborative. Yeah, and, you know, the animation was um, outsourced a lot of it to another studio. Um, I can't remember the name of the studio at the moment. But uh, they do a few other shows as well. But uh, basically, 
the animation was done out overseas, and then like the actual production of the models and stuff was done in house. So it was it was really cool. Like they had all the 3D models there. Um, yeah, it was tons of fun. So I basically just kind of spent the afternoon with them. Uh, you know, talked about things. They showed me at the time. They showed me some stuff that hadn't been out yet. Yeah. Um, you know, it was it was really cool. Uh, yeah. <laughs> How do you think like your fandom has like evolved over the years? Like meeting all these voice actors was it like oh my god like this guy's actually talking to me? I get to actually ask legit questions. Yeah, I mean, it's really cool. Um, I really like how, so a lot of the voice actors I've met, you know, like, they're really, it's really fun to talk to them about, you know, where they got, where they got the inspiration for certain voices, where they, what they kind of put their mindset into when they're recording. Um, I know you mentioned Rob Paulson. He's really cool. Yeah, actually, um, it's funny because Rob Paulson is the voice of Yakko, for those who don't know, from Manny Maniac, and one night... I was on my Facebook and all of a sudden I got a like a friend request from Rob Paulson and I'm like, Rob Paulson doesn't even know me. This can't be Rob Paulson. So I was like, you know, you know, I clicked on the, the profile of it and saw who was friends with you. So I was like, oh, he knows Dakota, and, you know, whatever. And come to find out, it's actually Rob Paulson. Like I'm like, holy shit. So yeah, I mean, so um, when I met, so when I met when of uh, the voice actors I met, it was really funny because like. I met Peter Lurie, who was the voice of Leatherhead, and that was a really great moment. He's a really cool guy, and we're still really good friends, and we talk a lot. Uh, he's just really, really cool, you know? And so when I first met him, it was bizarre. It was like, oh, this is so cool, you know, meeting you in person. And when I met Rob Paulson, it was so funny, because I think that was the first time it really hit me that this person has done the voice of so many cartoons I've watched. Yeah, his... like, it was crazy. Like I literally, what I told him when I, I first met him at Nickelodeon at the Nick Hotel for a special event, actually, and um, it was so funny. I told him I was like, "This is crazy." You know, you were six two five. You know, just the series. You were Carl Weezer, um, the Animaniacs. He just does so many things. I can't yeah, even count. You just go. I mean, you go to his freaking IMDb page. Like, you're like, massive, holy yeah. fuck! <laughs> he's, I mean, he's done like voices for like minimal characters, commercials, and then. Uh, Dino, who I ended up meeting off of your Facebook, keep forgetting his last name, but he's always on uh, Facebook every day. He does uh, live spring radio, Golden Spring Radio. Yeah. I'm pretty sure you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's pulling up photos from like Rob Paulson from like way back. Like, how was this guy deep diving to find all these photos of like Rob and, you know, Charlie Adler? Yes, I, so I actually just met Charlie Adler for the first time. Oh, wow. And that was, what, two weeks ago? I think you saw the... Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was about two weeks ago I met him for the first time. It was just funny because, you know, I met everyone around him. I never actually got to meet him. That's cool. And it was so cool. He was so nice. And it was cool because, you know, um, uh, he's done a ton of voices. Like, he was Cow and Chicken. Um, he's done tons of stuff. His, his IMDb I think you're all Real Monsters. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, Real Monsters. Um, but what I knew him from was, like I mentioned, SWAT Cats. Um, he was the voice of T-Bone, aka Chance. And uh, so it was cool because it was bizarre meeting him. You know, it, it was actually yeah, uh, actually like, sitting down and being like, "Holy yeah. shit, you're the you're the, this guy." Mm-hmm. It's like when you meet finally meet celebrities, they're like, "Yeah, yeah, thank you." And then when you kind of hit them with a curveball, like, "Listen, I don't want to talk about that. I actually want to talk about something else." And they're like, "Thank you." I know. I actually so when I met him, I actually like. I drew a sketch of T-Bone for him because I was just like I was kind of like I didn't really know what this like 
There, it's one of those deals where you're kind of starstruck, I guess. Yeah, it's kind of like, so, what haven't he heard say, yet? So, yeah, so I was just like, you know, I'm going to let my drawing kind of speak, you know, just kind of like, <laughs> <laughs> which is, it's a good failsafe for me. It's like, oh, well, I can draw and be like, hey, this is expression. <laughs> and it's like, trash can, attendant, here you go. Yeah. There's another one. Put it in so, the yeah, pile. It was, it was, it was cool. He was really nice. Yeah. He really liked it. He was just a super cool person. He seems like, yeah, because yeah. I've seen a lot of his, like, uh, he had, like, talking tunes with, uh, when he did the uh, Mission Impossible ones. You guys haven't seen that? I think it's a project out for Nerdist. Like, I think he does it with Rob Paulson, does, like, uh, tune talk, and they go over, like, movie scripts, and they did one in Mission Impossible 3, and it was the funniest shit ever. Because it was Charlie Adler, and then Carl Weezer as, uh, as, <laughs> and, uh, what the hell's the guy's name who passed away? God damn it. Oh, I can't remember his name. But it was so funny because it's like uh, Charlie Adler was playing Tom Cruise's character and the other one was playing uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman's character. Where's the rabbit's foot? Where's the rabbit's foot? I can edit. He's doing it in cow's voice and he's actually <laughs> he does a little like Charlie had me fucking crying. I was like this is the best voiceover I've ever heard in my life. I watched it like 20 times. Yeah. Just seeing him ad lib the mm, it's gonna be okay. <laughs> Seeing how he does the voices is insanity. Yeah, I got to. So when I met Charlie, um, I afterwards I went to a panel. They did an animation panel, and um, it was Charlie, Phil Lamar, who's another big oh, boy. Oh yeah, bam. And Roger Bumpus, who if you don't know who that is, is Squidward from SpongeBob. Yes. And it was so funny. I haven't I haven't been able to meet uh, Phil or Roger, but uh, they are. Yeah, they Phil is a big character. Nice and, it was really funny because, you know, during the panel, like, Roger Bumpus, like, he's so, like, he gets Squidward. He really does. It was really fun listening to him talk about Squidward and just what the character has done for him and how much the character and him are, like, one of really, part yeah. of each other, you know. Um, in fact, actually, when they were doing the live questions, it was so funny from the audience. Um, somebody came up, you know, they were people were asking really good questions, and somebody came up and said, it's mayonnaise an instrument. And then Charlie and Phil were just kind of like, um, what? and then Roger was just like, you know, no, Patrick, mayonnaise is not an instrument. Like he, <laughs> he's like, I got this. <laughs> I got. And then he followed it up with, I can't remember the rest of the line, but you know, the no horseradish isn't an instrument either, or something like that. No horseradish. So yeah, I know. Yeah. I, I love. I think Tom Kenny was here a while back. I would love to meet him. I've never got to meet him. He was like walking around. He's like, Tom Kenny's here. Tom Kenny's here. I'm like. It's not like we can, like, say hello to him. I mean, he's probably, like, looking at us for, like, wave, and that's it, you know? You feel like as fans, it's, like, so hard to, like, tell them what you mean. Because, like, my buddy Trent went to go meet, um, I don't know if it was Megacon or one of the cons that he was at, and he got to get Kevin Conroy's autograph, who was the voice of Batman, and Mr. is one of my biggest, like, things. I, I think about Batman, and I think about the Joker. It's Mark Hamill and Kevin Conroy, my, you know, my, my two favorites. They're my childhood, you know, but he's, like, he kind of explained to me, he's like, yeah, you can go up to them, but at the same time, you know, um, it's not like you can say, like, oh, you meant this much in my childhood. He kind of explained that. He's like, it kind of is hi, bye, thank you. You know, I, I know, they, they hear it all the time, you know. It's kind of hard for, yeah. when you meet somebody like Tom Kenny or especially, you know, some of those guys, like, man, they, they know. They know what you meant, and they hear it all the fucking time. It's hard as fans to, like, kind of, like, step back and go, they've heard it, they know. I mean, just think of to say hi to them. I mean, just nod. You know, I mean, I've got to meet a few people. Few people. I think Tom Hanks was the weirdest one I got to meet, and then Steven, <laughs> Steven Spielberg was another one because it was like I was backstage here at work, and they were shutting down Jaws, and he was doing a ride through of Jaws privately. And one of our 
friends who works for, works for production was going to meet up with him real quick to talk about something. And, and he's dropping me, and we're dropping off me off of that wardrobe building. And all of a sudden, Steven's like, hey, Mike. And I was like, hey, dude, how are you? I'm like, what the fuck? Was that fucking? They're like, yeah, that was Spielberg. I'm like, holy shit. They're like, yeah, welcome. Welcome to Hollywood. I'm like, I, I guess. It felt weird to like say hi to Steven Spielberg for a minute. But like, you met Spielberg, I'm like, for a quick second. It's not what you think. I didn't get to like have dinner with him. Yeah. It was just a pass by. Pretty much. It was like, hi, I'll meet with you in a minute. How you doing, dude? I'm like, oh my god, fucking Steven Spielberg. Holy shit. I think it's like, as like I said, fans, it's just hard for us to be like, man, like, what do I say to you? You know, it's like, you already know. You've touched my life in so many fucking ways. Yeah, I. <laughs> so I had two instances. Um, so a few years ago, I went to New York Comic Con. And I've had two instances where I, like, informally met people. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like yeah. a panel or a booth or something. It's like, oh, hi, yeah. I see them in the hallway. Nice to meet you. My name's... Yeah, and nice. so... I'm a fan. I never really thought of what I would do in a scenario like that. And it just kind of, like, gets you. It just kind of, like, it happens. And it's like, uh, what do you do? Um, so it was Robert Kirkman. Yeah. You know, uh, Walking Dead. The creator of The Walking Dead. And so I basically just was able to say hi, get a selfie with him. You know, he seemed cool. He was, he was nice. He had a handler with him though, so I was like, "Oh, I hope I'm not like interrupting yeah. something." But um, I think it's but, uh, the handler is there to like make sure there's no over fanage. Right. Like they're not jumping him, trying to kiss exactly. Him. Yeah. Like okay, if you want to say hi, cool. You're not yeah. freaking out. It's not like if you're John Travolta in New York City trying to get dinner, somebody freaks out. That's yeah. probably where the handler was coming in play. Yeah. So I basically told him, you know, I was just I wanted to keep it short, sweet. I was just like, okay, um, get this out of your head real quick. So I basically just was like, you know, oh. Um, Hi, you know, oh, you're Robert Kirkman, oh, um, <laughs> you know, and I can't even remember half what I said, but basically I just said, you know, the astounding Wolfman is my favorite superhero ever, yeah, yeah. which is one of his, his original comics he did, along with, you know, he did the Walking Dead comics, yeah. uh, Wolfman was something he did with Jason Howard, another comic If artist. you want a deep dive, Kevin Smith just interviewed him on the last podcast, I'll send you a bit of link, really, really good. I will have to watch that, yeah. But, um, so yeah, I basically was just like, you know, oh, that, and he's like, oh, cool, thanks, you know, and selfie, and it's kind of a blur, you know, looking the other person I met, I actually met them twice um, in the same area on two different days. Wow. Was um, Scott Adson. And um, he's Baymax. Uh, oh. Baymax. And I recognized him. He, he didn't really have, he didn't have a handler. He was just walking around. I had seen him before, so I recognized his face, you know. I was just like, you know, oh, hi, you know. And he was talking to someone else, too. And when he was done, I went over and said hi. And he's like, oh, hi, it's nice to meet you. And so I, the first time I met him, we just said hi. And, you know, oh, you're cool, Baymax talk for a bit. The second day, I happened to just have the uh, Baymax Funko Pop a friend gave me. Wow. And so I met him again, coincidentally, and he signed it for me, and it was really That's cool. That's awesome. He's such a cool person. Like, I was really, I was like, wow, he's really nice. Cool. That's insanity. I like it when, like, celebrities, like, they kind of blow your mind. They're like, dude, I already know. Like, let me just blow your mind a little bit and be, like, real. Also, the Baymax voice is not a computer. Like, he, he literally can Yeah, it literally sounds. It's, it's literally cool. him, yeah. Cool. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, if you watch, like, the making of it, he talks normal. It's like, yeah. Yeah, it's literally just got, like, this delivery, you know. Yeah. I'm Baymax. Your personal haircut companion. He can even do, like, the stutters, like, the, the ha-ha-ha-ha-ha. He's just like, this cool way of doing things. <laughs> awesome. Electronically. It's, it's so we nice. jumped out a window. There's a video of him actually um, doing, it's one of those twisted uh, tunes kind of deals yeah. where he's doing a scene from The Shining. Oh, <laughs> God. Baymax. <laughs> oh, I think I saw that one. Yeah, yeah. he's like, you know, he, 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 here's Johnny. <laughs> <It's just> the <laughs> way he does it is so funny. 
Oh my god, it's amazing. So when you kind of like, you finally got into turtles, and then like, you were like, holy shit, I'm finally getting to what, you know, what drove you to it? You know, like, you loved it so much, and then you saw Leather, you know, Leatherhead, and you're like, you got to meet, you didn't get to meet Danny Trejo, did you? I have not gotten to meet Danny Trejo. Um, I have friends who met Danny Trejo, and they say he's super, super nice. Um, I really do want to meet Danny Trejo, though. He's on my list of people. Yeah, because I remember you were saying, talking about, like, Dakota gets so nerdy about it when he's like, oh my god, like, I saw DMT, and, like, they should have did this point, but they didn't, you could tell when they didn't edit it, and I'm like, holy shit, like, you're really deep into this. Oh, yeah, um, so, yeah, that's, that was, um, I put, that's why you remember that, um, that was basically, Danny Trejo does a character on DMT, uh, called The Neutralizer, and on the show, they use this kind of, like, voice modulator to mix his voice to kind of have this kind of, like, deep space kind of like really guttural kind of thing along with the raptor noise I think they're the raptor noises from Jurassic Park but like they're, they're like really specific and for the DS game I guess the sound team was different so literally it's Danny Trejo trying to sound like a lizard it's still awesome but it's hilarious at the same time he's, he's like I, I gotta give him props he did a good job of trying to sound like the way the computer would get the growling and roaring yeah. you know? yeah. But I've heard he's really cool. I'd like to meet him. Yeah, I've heard, like, my buddy's friend said the same thing. Like, apparently he's big into, uh, for a lot of Make-A-Wishes that he goes to, he's big into claw machines. So, like, in the back of his car when he goes to, like, a Make-A-Wish, like, he has a shit ton of, like, toys because he goes to claw machines and just, like, knows how to win them. Yeah. <laughs> so he'll give the kids, like, a, you know, a stuffed animal from one of the claw machines. Really, really nice guy. Does a lot of charities and stuff A like lot that. of charity stuff, yeah. A lot of stuff like that. So, um, it's kind of weird. We're filming here at the, uh, uh, thing right now we got people looking at us like what the fuck are they doing? <laughs> they're changing out the ice at the liquid. No, they're looking at me and they're like, what the fuck? All the cameras, the recorders, like they're doing a fucking podcast here at everywhere. Like we had to, we're nerds, we're geeks. But we had to talk about the Nickelodeon stuff. So what's like your drive now? Like what is something Dakota is like very passionate about? Since you know Turtles is kind of left you. I know Hellboy has just come out. And you're very, very passionate about that. Yeah. He's been sending me a lot of Excited photos and texts. That, yeah. Let's talk about that a little bit. Like, what's like the new goal for you? Is everything turtles is kind I mean, of taking I'm, a backseat? Yeah, I mean, well, so the show got, um, it didn't get rebooted. It got a new version of it now. Um, the, what we call the 2012 series, you know, is now finished. Um, the new show is pretty cool. It's a, definitely a different show um, in terms of, like, the feel of it, you know? Yeah. It's something, I feel like they wanted to go for a more, like, what a lot of Nickelodeon shows are now, which I don't want to say Teen Titans Go, because it's not, like, that level, yeah. but it's like, you know what I mean? It's, it's a different kind. Like, it's less um, serious. So, like, with the new TMNT show, it's more, they're 15-minute segments, and they're just kind of like, you can watch them in any order. And they did that to Ben 10 as well. They, they split that one up. Yeah. But, uh, so the 2012 show was in order, so you had to watch it in order for the most part, you know? That's if cool. you didn't, if you skipped an episode... Uh-oh, something's missing. Uh, it doesn't yeah. feel right. Uh, with the new show, I think Nickelodeon wanted something they could just air in any order, any time. Uh, which I think is one reason Teen Titans Go gets aired so much on Cartoon Network, because they can just throw it in any order. But, um, yeah, it's basically, I'm just kind of like focusing on work and, um, you know, the new Hellboy movie that is, well, you mentioned that. Yeah. Um, other than that, I mean, I really am into Disney still tons of Disney. Uh, you know, I'm excited for what's going on with Marvel right now, you know. Um, we've got it Disney, we've got it, uh, a lot of stuff with Guardians of the Galaxy happening, which is pretty cool. I know, he's really big into Rocket Raccoon. 
Yes. Really yes. big in the rocket. Favorite favorite Marvel character, I'm gonna say Rocket Raccoon. Yeah. Most people would say Groot, but <laughs> I think, you know, Dakota, he goes for the oddball character. <laughs> yeah, it's uh It's like the one day he's like, Can you 3D print something for me? I'm like, Yeah, sure, what's up? He's like, Okay, do you know the button on like Baymax's thing? And I'm like, Yeah. He's like, Any chance you can kinda of make one? I'm like it took me like a minute, I'm like yeah, I think so, and I ended up going to like SketchUp, and I'm like, okay, not right, not right, no, not thick enough, not thick <laughs> enough, and then finally I like I mastered like how to do it, and uh, I think I made it like the right size, and Dakota was like, yeah, you get it. I'm like, only you would think about something like this. Yeah, it was actually um, it was for a lunchbox. Yeah. The yeah, so you know, Bay Max little carrier. I basically found a red lunchbox that resembled it close enough, and then Aww. that's what he made that for, was so that I could like embed it into the front. So, oh, it's actually yeah. in there? Yeah, it, it, it was. It was a very unconventional process. I basically hot glued it, and then I took more hot glue, and I used the tip of the hot glue gun to kind of like, like it was with a cake. You know what I mean? Like kind of like cover it and glaze it till it was set. So now it's basically like a kind of dome around the edge of it. It was a lot of work, but it it, it works. It sticks. I have to see. I have to see this. Also, this was back when I was first starting to like make stuff, so I'm sure there's a better method of doing it now. Yeah. Oh, it's every maker. Every maker learns. You know, it's like 3D printing or whatever. I'd love Podcasting to try Podcasting in general. You know, it's like yeah. you learn. I would over love time. to definitely give it another shot and try yeah. and make a good one. You know. <laughs> I gotta see this. I gotta see a photo of this. Yeah. He's also in the Beauty and the Beast. He's a big Beast fan. He's got. Yep. Pops and everything else. Yeah. And somebody who worked for a movie theater helped him out. Yes, there was a certain person that worked for a movie theater who <laughs> helped me out with that. Who also got me a Logan poster and Logan letters. <laughs> yeah, getting that to sign up for permission to be the first one who got it, that was not fun. This one was easier than this one, okay? Logan was like tooth and nail. Beats was like, eh, nobody wants this. Well, you were like, like, what do you want? And I was like upstairs the one day was going to see a movie, and I'm like, I want Logan. That. And he went up and hugged it, and I was like... All right, let me go see where we're on the list. And I was like five below, five below the others because it was like first come, first serve, got posters, movie stands, whatever it was. And I was like, I'll try. And then all of a sudden, I see it in the break room and it has my name on it. And I was like, wait a minute, nobody else wanted it? You all were on like the list begging for well, the it. one girl, she got the body, like the daughter, him carrying his daughter, and the girl couldn't have it. She's like, do you want it? And like, it was like months ago, and Dana was like, "Do you want it?" I'm like, "I'll take it." And we still, we haven't gotten it. Yeah, I have, it was first the letters, then it was. The I was like, I was like, I can't put that in my small ass bedroom, so let me just take the letters, and the letters are actually up on my wall with the Logan poster, which I'm gonna frame it because I'm a huge Logan fan. Hugh Jackman, I love you on Twitter because <laughs> like you did say hello to me. Bye, Tennessee. Will you sign it? <laughs> that would be awesome. He actually, he's actually a really nice guy. Hugh Jackman, he's really good. Nice. He was like, oh, he's an asshole. I'm like, no, he's actually really nice. He said hello to me on Twitter twice. I'm like, ah. <laughs> he did freak out. He was happy. I was like walking. I'm like, it's like, hello from Logan. I'm like, ah. I fell on the ground. I'm like crying. I'm like, I love him. You <laughs> yeah. and said hello. But this one with Beauty and the Beast, I wanted other characters and I signed up for everything. I said all characters. <laughs> you know the only one I got? Beast. Beast. What do you, what, I only got beats for him. What do you think drives you to that kind of character? Like, you start started with, like, Leatherhead, and, you know, and then Beast, and then kind of, like, the Wolfman from, like, Universal Monsters. What brought you to that character? What made you love it so much? I don't know. I mean, I definitely have, like, a type of character I gravitate towards, you know. Um, I guess I just kind of, I always thought it was kind of... So, 
I've always, when I was growing up, you know, a lot of characters, like, they would, I always thought the coolest characters were the ones that were like, you know, oh, that's the, the bad ones, you know, they look cool, but they're evil, and, and I don't know, so it was just, it, it was always a nice change of pace when you see a character that, like, But he was cursed, he was a good guy, well, no, and then he was no, cursed. No, he's the change of pace, like, yeah. when you have a character that looks like they should be the villain, and they're not. Like, that, I think that's actually what initially really drew me to Leatherhead, was everybody, and even Nickelodeon in their promotional material, tried to make him look like a bad guy. And I was just, you know, they were like, oh, of course he's going to be a villain, new challenger and stuff, and he was the exact opposite. And I like that they stuck to their guns with that. You know, yeah. he's, he is who he is, and he, and, and, you know, it's funny because a lot of the promotional stuff, too, like the coloring books and the toys and stickers, sometimes would even put him in, like, the villain because they just assumed he was a villain. And I, that would always get on my nerves. Like, I'd open up a TMNT coloring book or something, and i see the villains either, and I'm just like... What the fuck, yeah. <laughs> Come on, guys. Even for the um, even for the anniversary at New York Comic Con, they had a big collage of figures and stuff, and they put him in the villain section. And I'm just like... He's not a villain! <laughs> Wrong. But yeah, yeah Don so, is the villain, not Beast. So, yeah, like, yeah. And I liked how... I like really like how Beast kind of embodies that type of character that it's not it's really you know like you can, it doesn't matter how you look you know it's the nicest people in the world can look scary yeah it's you know that tattoo that tattoo thing that I posted the other day you know would you trust this guy and it had the guy had all covered up in tattoos and then a minute later like the guy's a doc you know doc literally a surgeon you know it's like can you look past someone's exterior and go into their inner beauty and find out who they truly are you know the exterior means nothing it's be in their carrier, which you all see fall in love with the characters. Yeah, it's it's just it's definitely like I can't remember the exact quote, but I remember I saw a quote once um, somebody made a fan uh, put with Leatherhead on it. It said something along the lines of like the kindest hearts are the most scarred, and it's just, you know basically it's, it's a good quote, you know, because it's like it's true, you know. Yeah. The ones that have dealt with the most often are the nicest. You know, yeah. They get it. Yeah. Oh no, it's true. It's completely like most characters. Like you'll see even see people like that that are. Like I said, we meet a lot of our celebrities who are like, no, like, I'm a celebrity, but you have no idea the fucking road I've been down myself. Uh, yeah, and I think that's, I've heard that that's, you know, Danny Trejo, actually. Yeah, he's had a, he's had a, he's had a fucking rough, like, he's very, he's been in prison, and in and out of prison, he's been a drug, uh, drug dealer, drug runner, like, he's open about it, he's like, no, dude, I fucking did this. Yeah, he, and he actually is really good with using that as a platform to help, you know. People that are in that situation, yeah. he's like, I can get you the fuck out of this, but you need to take the bigger steps to get you the fuck yeah. out of it. And I feel like that's like the thing. It's like we don't think about that as a person. You know, we're like, oh, they're so lucky. They're, you know, humans like us, but they have better more money than we. It always comes out of financial. It's like, oh, they have more money. Want to obviously known and had the financial security. It's like, no, like to get to this road, it took me a long time to see that. Like his, if you look at his exterior, it's like, oh, is he a scary guy? With the interior, like he's been down that road. He knows what it takes to get there. And it's like when you're designing a character, you know, characters that you obviously saw them, like these, you know. Being a broken character, you know, yeah. uh, Wolfman, you know, being what he was, you yeah. know, and then it changing over the years because you saw the newer Wolfman with Benicio del Toro, the father, the one that killed the brother, you know, it's kind of like holy shit. Yeah, and I definitely like, I really like how the there's certain parts of the story of Beauty and the Beast that have been interpreted differently or they changed over the years with the different adaptions. I know I really like the live action adaption they did. For the they did a film. fucking phenomenal. I got it plan on seeing it and Dana was like we have to go to our, one of our date nights date days that we went and I couldn't help but fucking stop singing forever or evermore yes and I was like 
I had to listen to like the original version, then I had to put on the auto. The auto you were version. obsessed with that. Like for a whole fucking week, I was listening to this song. I'm like, God damn! Like what happened? And that comes from being like in the theater too, because I do a lot of singing in theater. And I'm like, God, this song is really good. But then it kind of brought me back to her, and I'm like, really fucking good song. Yeah, and I really like how they they gave um, they really gave him a different kind of like because I love both characters. They're both awesome. But I love how the live action one, the live action Beast, has a different kind of like. He's a different character altogether. You know, his personality is a lot more like intelligent and witty, and he's got his he's got his own little stick. And you can see how that kind of would have also worked as an arrogant human, which is kind of funny to see. You know, it, it's cool because he feels a little more fleshed out. You know what I mean? And uh, but one thing I thought was really neat is I, I like how they kept like certain lines from the live act in the live action one they had like my favorite line is I love when Belle's in the village and she's like you know he's no monster Gaston you are like I was so glad yeah. they kept that in the live action film I was like yes when I heard that line <laughs> yeah I didn't know how it, I would like Emma watching as Belle but she really pulled it off mm-hmm. like wow they really they did the research and she really kept her close to the corporate hero and I really liked how she was really um, she how involved she was in like the finale and stuff you know like how she you know did got Gaston spoilers for anybody who hasn't seen the movie. How she got like Gaston's arrows and broke them, and you know how basically she was trying to help Beast and Laxi instead of just showing up. It was really cool, yeah. you know. They're like how involved she was. What would you say now? Like you're like since we're going down that road, like what's your favorite? Like I know Leatherhead, and it's like everything Wolfman or Wolf related. What's your favorite character that you most relate to? Oh gosh, that is a loaded question. Um, <laughs> I have to ask. Let's see. Character I relate the most to. Hmm. That's the funny thing, you know. There's a lot of characters like I see elements of myself in them, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, different characters, you know, different. It's just you kind of feel like I know one that I kind of one character I've kind of always related to. Um, I don't know. It's a really obscure Disney movie, uh, Brother Bear. Ah, yes, yes, yes. I yes, always yes, kind of, yes. I always really related to Kenai in that movie. I love I always, the music. Mm, yes. He was wonderful. I just, his, I just always, he was just a character I kind of like, you know, like felt. Like I kind of got it. I was like, right. Um, character. I also, you know, there's characters, I, while I not, while I don't necessarily relate to them, I kind of feel for them, you know, or I empathize with them. But, uh, well, like, you know, I'm a big fan of, like, Don Carnage from Tailspin. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, you know, it's it, there's just so many. Like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm drawing a blank now. Of course, now that I'm I really gave a lot of questions. Holy shit! But yeah, you know, like we talk about this all the time too. You know, there's like just different characters. I mean, I know the character that I most relate to is Logan, and I kind of broke it down why. And like every time his adamantium claws come out, he's in agonizing pain. You know, yeah. he's done so much to stay alive and be the leader of the X-Men like that in comics and stuff like that and I think Hugh Jackman fucking played him well like he played him like really well, like, well. this isn't uh, so I know one character I like too is um, kind of an interesting take on the character so basically there is a um, guy who does a Star Fox um, animated series and it was really cool his name's Matthew Gafford it's the TV the series is called A Fox in Space if you want to look it up it's on YouTube okay um, it's really cool because he basically gave each of the characters from the Star Fox series a distinct kind of edge to their personality. And his take on Fox was really good. Like, I've always really, like, 
as soon as I saw his take on Fox, I was like, that character right there, that's, that's, I get him, you know. Yeah, you can kind of relate to him. He's like, he's, he's really relatable. He's, he's basically, he, you know, he's a, he's the captain, he's in charge, um, but at the same time, he's still got a lot of growing up to do. He, you know, he, he's, he tries to take himself as seriously as he can, but also, he, he won't say no to playing video games. And he's a little immature, a little, just a tad bit immature, but, you know, he's got his act together. Yeah. So, I don't know, he's just, he's such a cool character. Yeah. Fun character. Like, holy crap. You still don't know what that question is. That question I gave you before, he's still working on it. What's that? So the question, you're still relatable... That would be the most character you're pretty much relatable to? Um, yeah, I think, yeah, I mean, as far as characters go, I think right now I'm going to say him just because uh, it's, it's definitely a character I kind of have the most mindset in. You know what I mean? Like, the yeah. character I relate to the most, I yeah. guess you could say. But yeah, as far as that goes, and also Kenai, and, um, I always empathize with characters or relate to characters like these that have, you know, those issues in life. Yeah. I connected with the the rabbit from Zootopia. Yes, I moved away from home. I struggled with work, and I miss my family. I always would call my parents. As you can see on her phone, it's with mom and dad. Talk to my parents every day, but I mean, it wasn't easy with some jobs. Like when she was trying to do the obstacle course, she learned as a bunny how to get up the ice wall. It's like, hey, you gotta adapt things. So she's always. Been with the mo- the modern Disney movies. That's who I've been relating with. More classic movies, a little bit more difficult because they're more old school. You think like grandma like style things, more proper. But she's kind of the one who I've been more related to, and I love the song that she carries. Sing, so. Oh God, yeah, I yeah, know. I, I fucking frozen too. God damn it. No, 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 not frozen. Frozen's less. <laughs> We we've gotten out of the present stage. As, okay? as far as as far as the modern Disney films go, because like I actually posted a thing the other day of what my favorite like there was a quiz they had or a zodiac chart and yes. it said like what your zodiac is is your top three Disney movies. It was so funny. I'm a Pisces. I clicked it. It said Beauty and the Beast, Utopia, and Cinderella. And I was like two out of three ain't bad. Like Cinderella, <laughs> nothing nothing wrong with Cinderella, but those two specifically are really favorite movies of mine. I actually, on a regular basis, you know, I think of Judy's speech she gives at the end of the movie, you know, about how you have to try to make the world a better place. It starts with me, it starts with you, it starts with all of us. Yes. It's such a good movie, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a great movie. Like, holy shit. I got the Logan's Mind, my favorite comic book, you know, character. Uh, what I relate to. Definitely the animated Batman. I kind of feel like whenever I play the Batman games, I kind of feel like a little bit of Bruce Wayne. A little bit because he's like a normal guy that's trying to do right. That's kind of my go-to. But Logan, like, I really, really deep down feel what he's going through. Pain-wise and personality-wise. Because he's still trying to find who he is. Doesn't know, really know who he is. And then during the movie, like, he hit his dead on the money when he's talking to his daughter. And he's kind of going through, like, a nightmare kind of thing. And he's like, you got here, you did this, but, you know, you need to accept who you are. Everything you didn't like, you have to kind of live with it and accept it and let it build you. And I was like, shit! <laughs> Tear rolled out of my eye. I'm like, he's been through some shit. He's telling her, like, listen, I don't have much longer to live. I mean, he does. Spoilers, dies in the movie. Is he dead? We don't know. Could Ryan run with kids fucking with him? <laughs> in real life? Yeah. Um, but yeah, one of my favorite characters. I love what, you know, two Japanese, like, talk about with them. And they always make, that movie makes me kind of like a little bitch. Towards the end, I always cry. I always love it. Even in the movie, I'm like, I was like, you okay? And I'm like, I'm fine. Did my Wolverine? 
Yeah. And that well, I never actually, saw it, but you told me you cried every, each time you won. I cried twice. Yeah, I actually, yeah, I, that reminds me, a uh, character I do relate to a lot, which I already mentioned, you know, Rocket. Um, I do relate to him a lot, too. Um, specifically, like, I, I just kind of, like, I don't know, it's hard to explain with Rocket, because it's, it's one of those deals where he's, like, frustrated with the world, but at the same time, you know, he wants to do right. He won't admit it, you know, but he does want to do right. Um, it's just, like, like, I always get emotional in the scene in Guardians 2, where Yondu's basically telling him what he doesn't want to hear, but all that's true. And it's just like, yeah, you know, he, he hates the world because the world treated him like crap. Yeah. But he can't help it. You know, he wants to help his friends. Because his friends are what made him realize that the universe doesn't suck. Yeah. It's just, yeah, he's a, he, you know, he's a really good character. Yeah. Now, what is your obsession with Hellboy? What's that? What is his obsession with Hellboy? Oh, Hellboy, uh, it kind of falls into that line. I always thought he was a cool character. I'm excited for the new film. Um, so yeah, Ron Perlman's version of Hellboy. I um, I always liked how he was kind of the unconventional hero, you know? I mean, he's a literal devil, but he's not a bad guy. Yeah. You know, he's basically, he was saddled with being this tool of the apocalypse, but he doesn't let that define him. You know, he, he has his own path he sets out for himself. Yeah. He knows what he wants to do. He's not going to let anyone tell him what he was made to do. I think that's really yeah. cool. I kind of love like, that one scene, he just pulls his horns off and he's like, remember who you are? And he's like, <laughs> <laughs> they have the eye and they can see like the horns on his head it's like ah yeah I mean I I, like, I read through all the articles on like why I mean Rob Perlman kind of thought that you know wanted to be Hellboy one more time I mean he wasn't the character much during the film guys because there was a lot of stuntmen doing a lot of the work of Rob Perlman up there in age even he said that very very funny actor and he's like speaks about it he's like yeah, yeah I go in and I do a few scenes and stuntmen would have to take over the rest of like my knees can't handle the breakdown you know Close ups he could do, but obviously jumping up and down on things like and he just can't take it at his age and stuff like that. I feel like the new Hellboy though, I, I feel right choice. Yeah, David Arbor, um, really cool. He's in Stranger Things. Um, yeah, I'm really excited to see what he brings to it because you know, like when you're talking about replacing Hellboy, you're like, oh well, Ron Perlman's Hellboy. How are you going to replace Hellboy? It's similar to the Mary Poppins thing. It's like you can't think of anyone else doing the character, and then suddenly they show you the perfect fit, and it's like. Cool. Okay. Yeah, he's got the voice and <laughs> yep. everything. David Arbor, he's Hellboy. And I mean, they had, blunt, you told me, like, we were speaking, speaking about it one night over the text messages, and you're like, well, he sat down with Ron Perlman, and, like, he uh, got his blessing, so it's like, yes. oh, yes. wow. That was that, cool. That's cool when an actor gives you, like, hey, like, yeah. you, you got this. Like, give you any advice, like, here you go. Here's what I did with it, see what you do with it. You know? Yeah. I think the same thing with Mary Poppins. We were at Disney the other day, me and Dana, and they were doing two doing some trivia to get a pin, because... I literally do some trading pins, you know. I'm a and pin trader. It's more like trade and collect, okay? I'm sorry. It's a deception It's great. It's insanity. You know, collector. <laughs> I have to show you pictures of my collection now. I need to see them, yes. Like, I used to, like, I like pin trading. I'm, I'm kind of a pin hoarder now. Like, I don't really trade anymore. I just kind of, like, get the ones I want. Yeah. <laughs> but okay, people, I'm just saying, it's good to order online your mass order. Take what the pins that you like. But as a park, six for 30 pins, not worth it. Online, I got 50 pins for the same price. Pretty much. It was insanity. I like, I'm like, oh, your pins arrived. Where, 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 where? I'm like... Because I order them to his prime. I kind of work it out with him. <laughs> She's like, you know I love you. I don't love you that much, so bye. Gone. 
I'm like, good to see you too. But yeah, like they're talking about like a Mary Poppins kind of filling up that role, and apparently that actress got you know, uh, Julie and the blessing also from Julie Andrews, and it's kind of cool when like the actor has like sits there and goes, listen, I don't want to fuck your work up, but I want to try this. Would you mind? And the actor's like, you know what? Fuck it, I've done it. You know, here's what I can give you to tell you to do it. Here's my blessing, and it's kind of like, ah, okay, I, I feel cool, but like try it now. You know, if I fuck up, I got to the blessing. If I did, if I succeed, whatever. The classics are always going to be classics. You can't get around that. Yeah. You know. Like the Beauty and the Beast. We didn't know how that would turn out, and it turned out to be an actual really good live action. Yeah, like, it's really funny, too, because I know Disney has been getting a lot of heat lately for doing so many live action adaptions, and honestly, I'm not, I'm fine with it. Like, because the thing is, like, I know a lot of people were really weird with, like, Beast Dragon. And my thing I is, see it. it was but a, yeah, I heard the mixture. On Netflix. So, so like, but the thing is, I didn't really see it as like a remake. I saw it as a reimagining because it I was like a it. totally different story. Yeah, I like it was it. totally different. Yeah, I mean, Elliot was not the same Elliot. He wasn't even the same kind of dragon. He wasn't. He was no longer just something you know he could see or something that made himself invisible. He was a dragon, full-on dragon that had this legend around him, war around him. It was a really cool re- reimagining, and they really, you know, you can tell they put a lot of effort and heart into it because it was a great movie. Um, but like as far as the other live action adaptions go, I only recently saw the live action Cinderella for the first time. I actually had really, yeah. I was like, that wasn't bad. That was really cool. Okay. Um, I love the live action Jungle Book. Um, was good. Love it. it. One of my favorite things about the live action Jungle Book, aside from the amazing cast and stuff, you know, and that. Um, Idris Elba, Shere Khan, awesome. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> I know, everybody wants him to do everything. They're like, I want him to do this and this and this. Yes, like, that's why, <laughs> like, yeah, I know, he's awesome. But um, <laughs> one thing I love about the live-action Jungle Book is they fix the one thing I don't like about the animated one, and that is the ending. So in the original animated Jungle Book, spoilers from years ago, uh, huh. Mowgli yeah, goes back... Yeah, if you back, haven't seen it yet, it's really sad. Okay, yeah. continue. <laughs> Mowgli goes back to the man village, you know, and uh, that's it. That's easy to girl. Okay, cool. I'm gonna go back to the village. Great. So the live action one kind of toys with that idea a bit. They show him at the village, you know, he sees the villagers and stuff, but he realizes, you know, he's gotta save his friend. You know, Shere Khan is on a war path here. So he literally takes the fire from the village and never goes back. And I'm like, that's how it should have been. He stays with his family. Because, you know, the humans, they're humans, whatever. You know, his family raised him. They're his friends. Yeah. That was the only way it should have ended to me, honestly, you know. I just thought it was really nice that they gave a, such a great, better closure to the story. When you watch the finale of the live action novel book, you just feel like it's complete. You know, the book's closed. I gotta watch it. I think my mom watched it. She's like, why is everything CG? Why is everything CG? It's like, that's how they have CG's to amazing, by the way. <laughs> I mean, it's not like back then CG. It's like they're using better graphics here. Hello. My mom's that way, though. She would see the movie. She's like, I don't know. That's not what I remember. It's like, everything has to be CG. It's like... That awkward moment, I'm staring at the track behind you. One of the techs is actually walking track. I've never seen them do that. Wow. They've uh, closed the ride behind uh, us over here because of the rain, and I've never seen anybody actually standing on the track. Usually you see them on the platform, but he actually came for the track. Sorry. Random moment. They're looking at stuff. Random moment. That's why it's called a podcast. Random stuff. (laughs) uh, So, I don't want to knock it because I'm sure it'll turn out pretty cool. But the only one I've been kind of skeptical at right now is Mulan. And the reason why is because they've changed, they appear now, we haven't really gotten much official word of anything, but people are saying, you know, uh, the rumors are saying that there's no Mushu, 
No oh. Li Shang. No Sean Yu. What? So I'm like, that, I know the live action Beauty and the Beast took some liberties and they added a character, but why are you taking them away? <laughs> like, you know, how it's like you've had a Beauty and the Beast without a Lumiere cause. And this or is a rumor, so. Like, and see, like with Beauty and the Beast, they didn't take anything away. They added, you know, Mrs. Potts' husband, and they added, they made the Enchantress an active character. I thought that was cool. But with Mulan, it's like they're changing the whole story, and I'm just kind of like, okay, so does she still defend her? defend her father what's, what's the story now like I, I'm a little confused I feel like it's like in the off chapter now yeah, yeah so I don't even know if it's Disney's Mulan or if it's just like a take on the Mulan legend done by Disney yeah <laughs> you know? I mean then again it's all rumored too so we don't really yeah. you don't really know until it's like they really I mean it's probably what new production yeah it's um yeah they it's I'm not <laughs> sure what status they are in production I know they were talking about they passed Mulan and they cast the villain, the, the new actor for Lee Shang. Like, it's not Lee Shang, it's a new character. But it's the same role he would have had as a general in the okay. army. Apparently he's a lot harder on Mulan now. So yeah. I don't know if they're like frenemies or how that works. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting. So we'll see well, how that works. Goes. I mean, that's the they, thing said, when... they said there's a witch now for the villain instead of Sean Yu. Which I was like, that's kind of odd. What was wrong with Sean Yu? But... I don't know. I think, you know, that's going into pre-production stuff like that. Like, you know, sitting down with the writer's room and going, so how do we make this appeal to everybody now? And, but that's what I heard, like, on the break, in the break room, like, at my job. And I'm like, everybody's talking about it. And they're like, these are, like, 20-year-old kids going, I don't know, no Eddie Murphy, not my, not my fucking Milan. I'm like, God damn. I mean, I guess to their credit, like, it, it does seem like it would be kind of difficult to put Mushu in live action. But I feel like there's got to be a way to do it. You know, like, there's so many things you could do that you could, you know, maybe they tried, maybe they did, I don't know. But, well, I guess we'll just have to wait and see if that's true or not, you know? Yeah. I think I hate with rumors, because you really don't know, and it's like, sometimes that's a, bit, a huge cover story to shut everybody out of it, but they can actually work on what they want to work on. Because, I like, I've seen movies where it's like, oh, no, we're not doing that, and they were doing it the whole entire time, just to keep everybody away from it. They're like, we don't want you fucking it up, we don't want you knowing about it. That's just like, okay, so, side note, we saw Venom today. Yeah. And I have to wonder if they, so, there was a big thing. It was really stupid. Well, there was a thing about the way they pronounced the word symbiote. Everyone was getting on to, so Jenny Slate in the original trailer pronounced it symbiote, I think. Yeah. And so in the movie, she says symbiote. So I was watching her mouth. I was like, did they, like, dub her later? Or did they reshoot it? Or, because they, they fixed it, you know. She's saying symbiote correctly. Yeah. I'm like... So maybe it was just a bad take they used for the maybe. trailer. I don't know. Well, like I said, you know, it's like, during the end of the, the, the movie, it's like, we can do anything we want. That wasn't in the trailer. Yeah. And then it wasn't in the movie until the end. Yeah, that, it was so funny, that because in the trailer, they made that seem like such a prominent thing, and it was literally just a passing line, he says. Everything. Like, and I'm like... It was it? more of a jest, too. It wasn't like a threat. Like, in the trailer, we think it's a threat. You know, and, yeah, like Venom. And taking, he's kind of just toying with him at the end of the movie. It's not even serious, really. The movie was very, very comical. I don't think they could have done Venom any better than what they did. I might get plastered for this, but it's my my opinion. Sitting down with Dakota and watching it, I found myself laughing more than anything about it, and really enjoying the the fighting between the two beings of an alien species with a human being. Going, listen, I know what I am. I'm inside your head, also. I know the real you. You know. You need to come to terms with the real you. He's fighting Venom at the same time. Yeah, and I really liked how I I didn't ex- I didn't really go into so I didn't know what to expect really. Um, I didn't ex- yeah I didn't expect shit. But I it was really cool because they gave Venom a really cool personality. 
like he's you know he's really uh, must be a vicious not as, yeah, killer. He was vicious, but he wasn't as cold as you think he'd be. Yeah. Like, he actually did show some sympathy and like he uh, at one point in the movie, you know, like when um, they're on top of a certain place yeah. without saying where it was. He's like, you know, oh, this is actually kind of beautiful. beautiful yeah. It's like, oh, Venom has feelings. You know, like, he, he's not just, like, this cold-hearted killer. Yeah, and you find out, you know, spoiler, you find out why Venom's actually here and what happened and what the goal is. And he decides, like, I wanted to kill, like, go back to my planet and fucking grab all the people in the city and bring you back and kill all you guys. But you changed me. You changed my mind. Yeah. Thank I like, I did like, too, how he referred to himself as a loser. I I'm, a, was funny. I'm like you, I'm a loser, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thought that was cool. Really, really fucking good movie. Better than what I thought. I don't know how it's gonna do well in the box office, but we went in early in the first showing. There were like maybe five of us, you know. I'm pretty sure it's gonna do well. Better than what I thought. I really hope it does do well, honestly, because like it's just such, and the other thing that's really cool about it too is so I love the MCU. I'm a big Marvel fan. I love that this stands on its own. Yeah, there's no shoving okay another movie down your throat like you had to go see Spider Man homecoming or you had to see something. There yeah. was none of that. It not was even into it. His logo on his chest, his logo's not even there. Like, yeah, he's a totally independent character now. Yeah. It's like, hi, I'm Venom. Yeah. Like, who are you? I'm Venom. It's like, oh, shit, and I'm so-and-so. And then you're like, oh, okay. Really played really well. I mean, like I said, I don't know how the well more they could have done. I really yeah, did. I don't see it. You're like Tom Hardy, too. Like, you're really good at playing crazy, by yeah. the way. Really good. Yeah. <laughs> Eddie, what the fuck? Yeah. He like screams. The whole falls. restaurant scene, I was just like, oh my god, he's really good at being crazy. Yeah, <laughs> sitting there talking to nothing. You it's know, tank, I, I've been doing this for years, and I, I, I find you seeing like the guys walking past him. He turns his head, and there's a lady. He's just like, but you're really bad at it. I spotted you since you walked in. You know, it's like, uh, we we thought the uh, both of us kind of agreed uh, that the character at the end, the villain of the Phantom, is. More like a Mark Zuckerberg? <laughs> yeah, he's he's a very realistic villain. Um, you know, because he's, he's not really... He's basically out for control. He has this public image. He's supposed to be like a, uh, you know, like a Mark Zuckerberg. Mark Zuckerberg, basically. like, you know, he or, has... Um, who is it that does SpaceX? Oh, Elon Musk. Yeah, Elon Musk, yeah. I think that's what they were trying to do. Kind of like, the, you know, the guy has so much money and so much power and so much influence. He's unstoppable. You can't touch him, you know. If any of you think you're in with this company, you know... He owns your whole entire life. If you don't do something he doesn't want you to, he literally talks to one of the characters and goes, I, she goes, I can't do that. He goes, how's the kids? How's your yeah. kids? Giving her a warning, I will fucking end you and everything you ever had. I will end you right now if you don't do what I say. Your life will be no more. And spoilers. And the movie also, you know, with Venom, same thing happened. Like, he exposed something, you know. And the guys talk about, like, how technology's gotten greater and da 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 And he... You know, found a file. I'm not going to spoil too much, but, you know, and then he's just like, I will end you for asking me these questions about blah, blah, blah. You think you have power? I have more power. Not only did he fire, get him fired, you know, Eddie Brock fired, he ended a relationship. He ended this, he ended that. He ended the guy's whole entire life, Eddie Brock's life. Made him lose everything that he had, you know. And, you know, it's kind of like today's society of, like, you know, Mark Zuckerberg like that. It's like, they're so fucking big that, you know, it's like happening to untouchable, you know, sadly, but... That's kind of how the character feels. It's like, you do what I say, or whatever. You know, you signed up for this this project, do it. Or I end you, kind of thing. It's kind of like today, like, you don't sign a contract with Facebook or something like that. You don't realize that they own half your content, you know. It's kind of like that mentality of it, you know. That's just our thoughts on the, on the character. And it's kind of like, Dakota said, it's very real. 
on the character. They realize that like this guy has so much power and so much influence over society because everybody's like, oh my god, you're so cool and so powerful. At the same time, you're like, oh my god, like this guy is a really piece of shit who needs to be stopped. He's only thinking about himself. It reminded me a lot of. Um yeah, he reminded me a lot of uh, Norman Osborn. Mm. You know, he had a very Nor- Osborn. The whole place felt like Osborn. You know, yeah. the, the, the uh, what was the name of the, the institute? I forget. The, the Life Foundation. Life Foundation. Yeah. yeah, it was basically Osborn. Yeah, kind of like Facebook <laughs> campus. You know, with legitly, like we're not joking about the Mark Zuckerberg reference because it's like exactly fucking like that. It's like I own your, I own your life pretty much. I own, it. I know everything about you. You don't like it? Yeah. You know, I can end everything you ever. Do what I say and shut the hell up. Kind of mentality. We thought the character was good. He, the guy who played him, I forget that. I looked at the credits. I don't remember the guy's name. It's really fun. But he did a really good job of bringing that character to life. And really he was did, a good jerk. Really good jerk. <laughs> he really knew what he was doing. I felt like, you know, everybody in that movie did a great job. And, like, looking at the script and going, how can we make this relatable in today's world? You know, and they really hit it on the nail on the head. I also thought it was cool. Like, we can't really say much about a character because that's spoiler territory. But, I mean, like... I thought it was funny. I didn't expect uh, Jenny Slate. I thought that was funny how, you know, I'd only... So, she's been in a lot. Only other thing I saw her in was Utopia. <laughs> so, I'm like, Assistant Mayor Bellwether, every time I hear her voice, it's so funny to see her do something like this, a more serious, like, Marvel dark movie. It was yeah. cool. But yeah. she did a really good job at it. She was a great actor. Yeah, it was a great, great, great movie. I mean, yeah. like, oh my god, I... I hope Venom does really well. Like I really enjoyed it. I tried to get Dana to go see it with us, but she was like, oh, "No, I'm good." It's a good movie for Halloween, Marvel Halloween time. Yeah, yeah no was... Halloween person here. These two enjoyed it, not me. I'm yeah. Sorry. I'm I will say while we're on the note of that though, um, I will say that I do. So I know a lot of people were talking about, you know, they were disappointed it didn't get an R rating. Yeah. I will say I do like how the lack of the R rating makes it more accessible. Like. There is quite a few moments in the film that are like, you know... Holy shit, yeah. ...dark and cringy and even, you know, even a tad bit gory, but, like, nothing crazy. You know, like, I wouldn't have a problem showing it to some younger fans. Yeah. You know? Yeah, like, around 16, 17, I yeah. wouldn't, yeah, no problem. Yeah. And I think that's what they really were going for, was that that demographic. They wanted something that they could span both the adult yeah. Marvel fans and also introduce teenage, teenage fans, you know, younger fans, yeah. too. Which, it's, it's just a good movie, you know? I mean... Yeah, I mean, that's the thing... It came out of left field. Nobody really knew what it was going to be. And then when you're like, oh, shit, you know, Logan got an R rating, you know, which it needed, it needed to be honest with you. For Hugh Jackman to tell the story that he wanted, yeah. uh, you know, he needed, he was like, we need that R rating because they tried putting it down as PG-13, but it didn't, it didn't play well. And he's like, I have to put more into this to close it off. And it played well. It played phenomenally well. Uh, yeah, and, and Venom was not, like, there were moments in it that were pretty dark, but, like, the way they got around the rating system was like they would not show certain things even though you knew they happened. Yeah, the head biting. Like, well, that, the head biting, but also um, one of the, so one of the later posts of the other. Oh, yeah. So you don't, they don't say what happens to said person that gets infected, but you know what happens. Yeah. And it's pretty dark when you think about who it happens to. Yeah. But they didn't show it, so hey, it's, it's fair game. Yeah. <laughs> you know. It's like, ah. But yeah, phenomenal, phenomenal movie. I, I, I definitely give it a high rating oh, yeah. by my book. It was really, I wouldn't, and we had, we had a lot of laughter in the theater, and a lot of people really knew what they were walking Unexpected into. Unexpected laughter. Yeah, really. Everybody cool. kind of giggled and was like, that was a really good joke. Or, yeah. You know. <laughs> and I think I mentioned to you after the movie, I said, did Tom Hardy do the voice of Venom 2? And you said, yeah, actually, he recorded it previous, before the movie was done, and then he would listen to the playback in his ear so he could know how to voice with it. I said, oh, that's pretty fucking cool. 
know, it really worked out really well. Which I thought that was cool that Tom Hardy was that integral to the character too, that they, during the production of the film, would record his lines, you know, pre-production, and then go in and do any stuff later. So like he was involved for the entire process. It wasn't like a deal where they like made, they got it set up and then cast an actor that could be replaced later. It's like, no, Tom was Venom the whole time. Like it, he had to really yeah. be there. You, you can know? literally hear it in his ear and he goes, Motherfucker, how do I react to this same character? Um, yeah, which I thought was a nice touch because you can't really tell it's him. No, really. I mean, you, I mean, I kind of had a feeling with the way it was being presented, but I didn't know. You know, it was like, ah, did he do the voice also? And they're like, yeah, he did, and it was really well done. You know, you know, that was that's a fun nerdy movie, a fun geeky movie for comic book fans that we all love. Um, trying to think of another topic to bring up. I know you were talking about uh, Spyro, and you're also talking about the Sly Cooper series coming out. You're thinking about getting a Nintendo Switch coming out pretty soon? Yeah, um, I'm getting a Nintendo Switch soon. Um, very excited for Starlink uh, Battle for Atlas, the game coming out. Um, I'm excited for Smash Brothers to come out. Um, that's that's the whole that's the whole thing in, in itself. Huh. I'm excited for. So I know the game we have. I don't think they have announced all the fighters yet for that game. Um, I think they have a few. I've been hearing there's a few more they have yet to announce. Um, but I am very excited that Wolf O'Donnell's back. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, you know, we finally got King K. Rool in the game. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah, I've heard some... The rumors are kind of funny. I, I don't know if you saw the rumors. They were talking about possibly adding the Minecraft guy. Yeah, I heard something about it. And... Um, Incineroar, which Incineroar makes, makes sense to me because it, it follows the Pokemon theme for region, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of crazy in our game. Like, our game right now is I'm playing Spider-Man and I'm playing Horizon Zero Dawn. It's having that time with all the work and 3D printing and stuff like that, trying to look into an SLA printer and stuff like that. Really hard just even for us to even meet up and do this. It took forever. Yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. on the other side of the state. Well, not state, but, you know, I'm, I'm over by Disney now. Yeah. Which I, you know, I said to Dakota, let's do this on, you know, over Skype or whatever. No, no, I really like the meeting in person. We have to do it on Skype. Let's do it. But I said, all right, Venom's coming out. Let's kind of make it a day and have some fun and talk about nerdy stuff. Unfortunately, Dana's not really talking that much because we nerd now. How do you guys have fun? We're just nerd now. She's a, she's our Andy Richter. She's standing over here. She's got like her papers. Like I, I don't know <laughs> what to say. And this is actually Dakota's first podcast and on the second podcast for you. Uh, yeah. Um, I did. I did a podcast a while back. It was a long time ago, though. Like, I don't even think it's. I don't even know if it's still on. Oh, this one. This one's not gonna stop. I, I, yeah. My I goal see. is, I don't know. I, every week, I'm like, okay, I'm climbing the ladder to, you know, this will be episode 49. Yeah, like I'm almost on episode 50, and I'm even shocked, dude. My analytics said I have over 2,000, 2,069 downloads. For the 50th, you need to strap a camera to yourself and go through four nights. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I can't, I can't, I can't take it. That'll be quite a You can take the ride, not I. <laughs> but yeah, it's been a while, you know, wild run doing all this with friends and getting them to sit down and be like, let's nerd out. And they're like, what do we talk about? I'm like, anything. Let's just talk, you know. I think we just, we hit the podcast in the head today. We really talked about everything that, who, who you are and what you do. And, you know, it's kind of great. And, What's next on your run? Like, what are you going to go into more? Like, are you getting into drawing and stuff like that? Are you going to go down doing some stuff? What's Dakota's mindset? 
You mean like career-wise or just in general or today? I'd say, or... I would say career-wise and in general. Like, what, Where do you want to see yourself in the next couple years? That is a very good question. Um, so I'm working at Disney right now. Um, I'd like to see where that goes, you know? Because like, I know I tried doing some stuff with media arts, animation, and it just, um, my classes weren't really taking me in the direction I really wanted mm. to go. So I decided to kind of put the brakes on that and rethink things. I don't know, I, I like where things are heading. I'm thinking I'm going to stick with Disney and see where I end up, uh, maybe a different venue even, yeah. know, over time. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm just kind of rolling with the punches, seeing where we go from here. But who knows, honestly, like, the future can be completely unpredictable. So I, I, I find it's not easy to plan, you know, no, you know, same thing with Dana, guys. My like, plans have been just whoo, flipped upside down. Yeah. I mean, same with Dana, man. She's literally been up and down, left, right, corner turns. Yeah, I mean, at one point, I literally, uh, back when I lived in Atlanta, my mindset was that I'm going to go to school in Atlanta and then try and get a job with Cartoon Network or Adult Swim. And then that got flipped around. Now, So it, it's just weird, you know? It's, it's hard to kind of plan. I'm mm -hmm. just kind of seeing where it goes. I mean, I've been in the same thing, guys. I moved here. Family from Colorado, so I moved across the country by myself. Uh, went to work for a company, won't say the name. Uh, four months later, they said, hey, you're a good person, there's a door. There's a door. And I learned that Florida's right to work state, so it's not illegal for them to straight up buy you or lay you off without anything else. And then went and did uh, four or five jobs at a time and burned myself out and lost sleep and didn't have a life and whatever. And I said, okay, I can't do this anymore. I need to either go get a job where I can save money so I can go do what I love as a passion, which is live theater. I love doing live stuff. I don't like to do film stuff. It's more of, hey, let's rehearse, let's do a show next. But I've been able to do that. So I'm now working for a full-time company, um, seasonally here at Universal. And I, right now it's just focusing on making my savings a thing so I can support myself so I don't have to move back on it. And say, hey, I tried, but it failed. So I've been through that where it's like, hey, I tried, it failed multiple times. So I get the life-changing thing. I absolutely get it. I've got to be a bank tech leader. So that goes back to Judy Hopps, what you were saying. You exactly. Know? That goes back Very to Judy Hopps. Where <laughs> Judy comes to a career that nobody thinks she'll be surviving. A bunny as a police officer where they have the drafts, the rhinoceros, the, the polar bear, the big guys. Well, I'm a girl in a theater career where 90% of the people there are guys. Because it's like, okay, well, we're strong. We can do big things. We can lift things. But you don't need girly ideas, okay? Girls like to wear dresses and shows. So some guys can create that. A lot of guys can do makeup and costuming. But it's more of the behind the scenes, lighting, run crew, all that stuff. It's the thing, okay, well, guys are like, okay, cool. I'll lift it. I'll do fast. I can do this. So it's been, a, it's been hard. Yeah. It's been one of those things just to prove yourself. And it's like, well, I don't want to prove myself to you. I want to prove myself to me. Exactly. So that's exactly where Judy Hopps comes yeah. in for my role. Yeah. I mean, what would you tell people now, like, knowing what you guys know for career-wise, you know, if they wanted to get into animation, if they wanted to kind of write down stories, what would you, what would you tell them? They want to get into animation, or like things that you've learned, like in the animation field, or like your journey of like, okay, I want to do this to go into this field, or I want to go that into that field, you know. Well, um, it's kind of a hard one. Uh, so I guess basically, my question. advice really 
would be find something you like doing. Um, find something you can see yourself doing. You know, as a career, find some, find something you can see yourself being happy with. Yeah, not getting, um, sometimes not getting yes. paid for. Yeah, and you know, you will have a lot of trial and error. Even if you go off to be the most successful ever, you will always have trial oh, yeah. and error. And especially in any sort of film or theater, especially theater, you know, like you will have a lot of trial and error. And so I have a lot kind of, of hey, work there, for me for know, free. A lot of it is volunteer yes. work. It's, I've had a lot of networking. A lot of people are like, oh my gosh, you're a stage manager. We have a production, but we can't pay you. Exactly. Like, yeah. Well, I can't survive off of gas, food, paying rent when I'm going to take time off my other job and not get paid for it. We can't do that these days. Yeah. Yeah, so I basically, my advice is just do what works for you, do what makes you happy, you know? Um, even if it's not, even if it's not what you think you need to be doing at the moment, if you feel like it's going to get you where you need to be, then go for it. You know, I mean, if you if you feel a bit intimidated by school or um, you don't know where to go, you know, don't be afraid to ask questions. Don't be afraid to reach out to others. Um, you know, there's a lot of people. A lot of schools even love. Um, people will help you with that because it is it is kind of a confusing field to be in. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of hard to give advice on, too. <laughs> it really is, because, you, you know, people, people think, okay, it's like I can go around to all these cons, I can start talking to all these people, but there is no set formula. Exactly, there is no set formula. There you go, that's the best one. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's like, it's, you know, when the actors say, like, there's no set formula, like, you just kind of trial and error, like you just said, I mean, that's kind of bad. Uh, you can fucking walk in the door, and there's somebody like, I'll help you, and then it's like, no, you really... Try it this way. There's no set recipe. It's I can success. also say too, you know, like um, if you are interested in acting or if you're interested in voice acting, definitely make a video. Make show what you can do. Because a lot of times people get discovered doing what they like to do. Like, you know, there's so many people on YouTube. Yeah, Lauren, Lauren Bipple, who does a Even if you're not good at animation, you know, you can do an impression. Do write a little monologue. You know, just show off what you can do, people will notice. Yeah. Because people do notice that stuff, you know? Especially if it's something you really want to put yourself in. Pretty good advice, you know, for all that. People that want to get out there and, like, do this. Like, oh, they're having fun. Any, like I said, anybody can do a podcast. This isn't hard, guys. I got two recorders and a GoPro going right now. The hardest part can be editing it because of all the background noise and just all that flicking and flabbing, but... Yeah, the drip red rocket over there. Yeah, and all that good stuff. And I hope, you know, it, it was fun for you and get some nerdy stuff out of your brain. Is there anything else you wanted to touch on? Um, not really. I've just kind of been, it's kind of been spontaneous. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of been like, yeah. Anything you wanted to touch on? Yeah, it was just fun hanging out with you guys today. Awesome. Yeah. awesome. Come to, come to Blue Man Group and more Nickelodeon. Yeah, I mean, like, we can get back to a little bit of Nickelodeon in a quick second. I mean, it's like, still sitting here at fucking Nickelodeon fucking studios. Amazing, amazing, amazing. And seeing what the transport actually took place in the last, last night's video and... Being able to work around here and then seeing where Dave School's on property at Dave School's Digital Animation and Visual Effects. For those who don't know, it is on property here at Universal. And a couple of Dana's roommates actually went there and, you know, learned some game design, stuff like that, and filmmaking, VFX, and stuff like that. Not just game design, but movie animation, too. Yeah, they do all that. Yeah, in fact, um, I remember, so I used to be a Terminator here, along with Ali. And um, so... About in 2016, they... It's actually tomorrow, guys, is the last, first official last day. Of what? Terminator. 
What? What is? Tomorrow's last, the official first year. Oh, no, T2. One year, yes, tomorrow. Oh, no. You had to bring that up. Or, I don't have a drink, well, I don't have any drink left, but pour one out for T2. Um. <laughs> there we go, that works. Well, what happened? I missed pour, that. Pour one out for, it's a, it's a thing. You know? Okay, okay. But, but anyway. I don't know what to talk about. It, anyway, um, so when Terminator Genesis uh, was released, they ended up giving us a minor refresh. We were supposed to get a lot more. It kind of backfired. But what was cool was that our new Cyber 9 video we had was done completely in-house here at Universal Studios. You know, they filmed it here. They did the effects here. The voiceover was actually one of our actors we have here. Yeah. It was really cool. Like, it showed what Universal can do in-house still, which is pretty neat. Yeah. Which is cool because, like, I don't know if you guys saw the Maurice Hughes episode. You know, he was here for the last day of it. And it was a wild one because I wasn't even supposed to be working that day. And then a friend of mine was like, I don't want to work. Do you want to come in? And I'm like, you know what? I was just going to sit here all day and watch all the shows. Did you do my last dance? And he got me in. He got me a ticket that got me in the last And I'm kind of glad I kind of actually sat down and actually said, all right, let me do a shift there. Because it was actually one of the chillest shifts I had. It was... I did the podcast in there like that morning. I told my boss, I was like, hey, do you mind if I like me to record her and record? He's like, I don't care. Do what you want. He's like, as long as, you know, you're not harming anything. No, didn't do a single thing. And here's the funny part. I actually got copyright infringement because I was inside the front queue. I kept my mouth shut for a minute, about 20 seconds, and I got hit with a song infringement. And I'm like, what the fuck? I don't know. And I had to write YouTube back. I'm like, listen. And the, the people that owned the song were like, that's not credible. What you just said, public, it's in a public area. No, 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 no. I'm like, yes, it is, you morons. But, oh, they're like, oh, now we get to put like, like monetization on your video. I'm like, go ahead, no one's going to watch it. The joke's on them. No one really watched it, so. <laughs> yeah, but, I, I always think that's funny when people don't, like, acknowledge the whole fair use thing. Uh, like, I actually got a copyright strike on my Facebook, on one of my Facebook videos once. Just because I was at Planet Hollywood, the observatory we have over there, oh. and they were doing a sing along to let it go, and I literally got a strike. I'm like, you can't even hear the original song in this. How is this? No. Yeah, you gotta yeah. edit, it, edit it out, edit uh -huh. it in. Yeah. But yeah, it was really cool doing the podcast, and then I kind of like really like kind of broke down a little bit because that's where Open Mind Industry started. It started in that damn hallway because me and John, my business partner, were like, this one kid came in. Y'all kind of know the story of how it all started who was suffering from a disability like I have. He was going through like mega surgeries. And my business partner now, like I was sitting down with him and I'm like, why isn't there like light crutches? Because John's a structural engineer. And I walked down that, you know, our hallway, our Max Becker hallway. And I'm like, this is where I, our idea started. And a month later we started open mind, you know, slowly but surely. It's now turned into an R&D company, 3D printing business. And you know, it's insanity what that building has done for my life. And for a lot of people that went there, paid people's houses off, made their yeah. lives, started their life. I mean, I, I literally, I did my homework in that building. Like, I, that was my first job, by the way, uh, at Terminator. And so I literally would come in at, this was before, so before I took Uber to work and stuff, um, I basically, my mom would drop me off in the mornings. And so I had to work with her schedule. So even if I worked at like two o'clock, I'd come in early in the morning. So like five or six, really early. I'd sit in that break room, I do homework. I, you know, he'd go I, around. He'd do rides. Yeah, it was so. It was like a second home. It literally was. Like, so that's one of the hardest parts about that building is of all the jobs I've had, all the places I've been. That's the most familiar place to be. You know, 
Yeah, and I remember the one day we went down, because I worked at Men in Black, and then he was like, my dream is to like, go downstairs, you can get some photos. So I was like, I've already worked there, so let's come in on our day off. And I was like, I had to come in, and we'll do lunch. I'll bring the GoPro in, which I did, and I still got some photos. Oh, the camera died. And eh, whatever. Um, you know, and we did that, and we went downstairs, and it was like, let's get some photos. And Dakota was like, oh my god, this is awesome. I've always wanted Then you finally worked there, and you're like, eh. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I mean, Men in Black was cool. It was it was not really... It was lots of fun in certain, in some ways. I really enjoyed the feel of the place. The people were really nice. Um, it just... But, you know, like E.T., which I also really enjoyed doing, and the place was nice. People were both... Nothing's really come to, as close to Terminator. Terminator was, you know... You guys were family. Yeah, it was home. It was family. We all knew each other. Our staff didn't change very much, you know? We got new people. Some people would leave occasionally, but... We all really knew each other. And some of that staff was over at our makeup, too. So we were family still over there. Are. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of the staff is still actually there because one of our Terminators still works for me daily. I balance. So, yeah, it's probably work, guys. You already know that. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it could be sad tomorrow. I'm thinking about doing, like, a 3D print. Like I said, when I did, when I decided to work over there for the day, when it closed, um... It was kind of weird because I like I lost my ID for like a minute and then I found they found it the next day. And if you find your ID, I'm like, ah, yeah. So now my ID number three, but um, actually being in the closing cast and crew photo was pretty awesome. Now I just need a 3D printer. Yeah. But that's all we got for the podcast. I mean, if I think we've got enough. I think we've done it all. Yeah, enough. I mean, we covered. Everything, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Me and Nicole and Zeus, Dana got to talk and be on the podcast in front of us. to be on the another one shortly with some of the ladies. So we'll have a lady podcast. But um, yeah, man, thanks for being on. And Thank you. I hope it was fun. Now it's because it's not an edit all the noise out of this damn thing. So <laughs> yeah, this should be interesting. I mean, I have to sit there and go through the editor and go, I found this noise. Edit. I have to lower that. Lower this. Also, I hope you guys don't mind the, the 20 second loop of Blue Man we've been listening to for the past. Say what? The 20 second loop of the Blue Man area music we've been hearing. The, yeah. The chanting. Okay. Yeah. Over and over. <laughs> who knows if I'll get hit with copyright infringement for that, but who knows? I've probably been trying to talk as much as I can, so it's like, wait a minute, he's talking over that. We can't tell what it is. Ah! And Rocket's still up. People are on it. Alright, well, let's call that it, boys. That was fun. Alrighty, guys. On the count of three, we're going to say keep an open mind. One, two, three. Keep Keep an an open open mind, guys. Have an awesome week, guys. I'll talk to you later.